what should you be reading during third year? What YouTube channels, mm. um, TV shows, uh, stuff, you know, what, what how, okay. do you, how do you learn peripheral stuff to design? And you need to learn peripheral and stuff. And you need to learn peripheral stuff. Yeah, we can do that, uh, see where that goes. Yeah, so on the, the, the periphery of this plate, um, could, could I get some, some toast and, and a cappuccino, please? Would you prefer toast that is, if you had to have a choice between two pieces of toast, one that's got some burnt edges or one that is, it's crispy in that, you know, you bend it, you hear that crunch, but really there's no browning or, or caramelization, whatever you want to call it, on the bread. Of those two, somewhat burnt and barely toasted, which do you prefer of those two? My ultimate sandwich is, uh, well, it's the color, color chart of toast. It's got one bit that's barely toasted and one bit that's sort of charcoal, and that's the perfect mix combination. Okay. Generally with something soft and squishy in the middle that's dead. Yeah. That's not a terrible. <laughs> and that's a good enough stuff for this episode. Welcome back. Toasting Design, Shark Shaker and Michael Burr. Just the two of us. And what we're going to be looking at uh, or talking about uh, today is how to make third years stop having nightmares about design. Basically, that's the overarching topic, yeah. Yeah, so you've just been to day one of design. What sort of, uh, well, design is, uh, is an exercise. There's, um, there's no right way to do it. Nope. There's no recipe, there's no method, and there's no right answer. It also seems to change every year. And it changes flavor all the time. Yeah. It rolls with the times. Yes. Uh, you think of the microchip, you think of going to space, uh, you think of revolutionary vaccines. The world changes all the time, yeah. and design is the quickest changing adaptive thing there is. Yeah. It's also what engineers do 24-7 every day of the year. Whether they like to admit it or not. Yes, and you do it with everything. Yeah. You walk into a supermarket, you're basically doing design. You're solving problems. You're solving problems, and you should be identifying problems all the time. Yeah. That, that's what we do. Don't so, it. Right. And there isn't enough time for us to... And, and you have to do this by practice. Yeah. And there isn't enough time in the lecture slots and in the practical slots for you to get good at it. It's no. not. It's a sport. Yeah. So what sort of things do you do that, that keep you going with this? For me, in part, one of the things, especially because we're talking about this whole changing system, this continuously developing world around us and how design has to keep up with it. Yes. Is keeping up as much as I can, or to a degree anyway, with what new tech is out there. Right. So the two of us are completely different in terms of our interest in tech. Yeah. I like tech, but I'm anti it. Sure. Right. So this the I mean, how about we alternate something techy versus something old school? Okay. So I like looking up what the latest cell phone or mobile accessories or something like that, that has engineering applications, IR attachment to your infrared camera attachment to your cell phone. So basically how to make life easier or to do interesting things. Yeah. Okay. How hot does a cat get during being chased by a dog, for example, is an interesting experiment that you could do with a yes, camera. Yes, yes. Uh, ethically, obviously, do not chase cats and dogs to try and determine the heat input and output thereof. Well, officially, yes. That's yeah, yeah, no, 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 exactly, um, for the record. All right, so the, the sort of things that I try and do is the, the history of measurements is a, is a rather interesting thing. So mm. I, once a year, try and, and learn a different old school technique to do. So in 2018, I taught myself how to write hieroglyphs cool. using a 
papyrus pen and papyrus paper and stuff like that just because most of the scribes were left-handed all egyptian symbols are basically left-handed they're all face right um, and they mm. basically tell stories yeah so it was an interesting thing where you could sort of write out uh you know the interesting thing that happens so i made like a, a cartoon um for brexit using mm -hmm. hieroglyphs and in egyptian symbols it was just something old school which you know I, I thought it's interesting you have to do research yeah, into yeah, it, yeah. and you do it you learn it and okay you move on to the next thing um and you might not see okay what the hell did how does that apply to design but you're basically stretching that muscle of finding information learning adapting and learning yeah basically learning how to use it that's true and the other thing is if you end up looking up sort of old hieroglyphs you basically all the drawings of egyptian engineering machines are in it yeah. The things that they use to cart their boats from on land into water are very neatly drawn. Mm. And because they're all 2D drawings, and if you have to practice drawing things exactly like that sort of freehand, you get an appreciation for you know, their understanding of angles and, yeah. and trusses and things like that. And you realize that really when it comes to trusses, they were done like 4,000 years ago. Yeah, well, there's nothing new. And all the maths was done back then as well. And, and nothing really has changed apart from material. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess for me then, I mean, the other one I, I kind of spend a lot of time with is I studied aeronautical engineering. Yeah. And I had a huge interest in aircraft long before that. So certainly the, the course kind of, or the, the degree uh, exploded that for me. But one thing I never really touched too much on was car design. Yeah. So... For me, it's a case of I'll figure out, okay, I'm doing something. I don't actually know much about that. Yeah. I want to learn. I want, I want to figure out how that works. I gather information I can. And how do you do that? So to start off, what I find the easiest thing, because I always have the odd five-minute, ten-minute gap between things, I use YouTube for that. Yes. And there's, some, I mean, there's that one channel, uh, Engineering Explained. And he basically goes through some of the basics. He does it in a nice... Um, I wouldn't say a simple way. There, there is some complexity to what he goes into, but for the layman, in terms of how you approach uh, this topic for the first time, he explains it really well. But that, for me, is my intro. That is the, okay, now I know the terminology, I know the starting point, and I need some books. Yes. And our library is actually really good with card design. got tons so, of stuff, yeah. Um, I've already got my own textbooks now. I've got a couple of those, which I then go through every now and then. And it's things from... Suspension design, it, it, it's this horribly complex topic and the more you read about it, it becomes more and more complex, which in a way for me, it's a case of I know stuff that maybe others don't know to as high a degree. Yes. And so that, that motivates me to want to learn more and things. So for me, it's a case of I pick a topic, it's something I've always done, I pick something I'm interested in and I try to learn as much as I possibly can about it. Cool, right, so I'm gonna bring the old school and then cool. shock and horror here. Have you ever been to the James Hall Museum of Transport? Where the hell is that? South of Joburg. No, um, no I haven't. <laughs> literally 10 k's away. Oh. It has got something that I, that I grew up with and it was in, in, in the papers at the time was the Opal Moon Mission cars. Oh, yeah? And what they did is the Opal factory, uh, which I think was in, it might still be in, in the Eastern Cape, hmm. they took two Opal cars and they basically drove them around in the dirt roads of South Africa, the distance from South Africa to the moon. 
oh. 300 and something thousand Ks without a mechanical breakdown on dirt roads. Jeez. One of those moon mission cars is at that museum. Plus yeah. they've got like the first car in South Africa and they've got the steam cars and they've got one huh. of those turbine cars and racing cars, etc. But it, it's, it's a cool museum. There's no entry fee. You just go and you throw a donation in the box. They've got steam locomotives, agricultural things, huh. you name it. And there's almost nobody there. So you can look under things, etc. So that, that's a way to see sort of history in the flesh. And certainly, which is different to watching stuff because oh, no, no. when you when you're looking at something in 3D, you can take your own pictures of it, you can take your own videos, and then you can spend hours and hours and hours researching it. And you might find some guy on YouTube who's restored a thing like that. Yeah. And because you've you've got that, you you've basically like quadruple the amount of stuff that you you learn. No, exactly. Uh, that is that's half the thing for me. It's the case of a hands-on feel for the stuff. To go purely theoretical, only yes. looking at textbooks, only reading the stories and things. Yes, I can understand some people might not have the opportunity to. Yeah. But in the case of this museum, with there's no entry fee and things, mm. you're running out of excuses at that sort of point yeah. if you're not doing stuff And like it's that. just because it's in a, a, a pretty quiet part of Joburg. Uh, you know, I don't even think the museum has a website. Um, the only reason I know about it is, you know, I... I I was taken there in primary school and got to write a penny farthing. So every mm. couple of years I've gone back. Okay, the penny farthings are no longer there. Plus sure. I'd no longer be able to ride one. Um, <laughs> okay, not because I can't, but no, because no, no, they, no. Were, they were the kiddie size ones. Yeah. Um, basically, look, you know, the wheels are five rand coin and a ten cent piece. Um, so so that, that's one way to, to add things to it. But it does, you don't have to go to museums for that. Uh-uh. Um, you know, if, if you think of giving the... the the class a problem uh, on ergonomics. Mm. The class will sit in a lecture theatre and if you don't provide tape measures, they won't think of how to measure things. But the class on mass won't get up and say, listen, how many of you have got cars in the car park? Can we go and take some measurements from like five different models? Mm. That's a very good way to go and learn. Um, And it's it's literally as simple as that. Sort of an extension of that for me, it's a case of I really like knowing how things work mm. and more often than not, probably more often than I should, if something's even the slightest bit broken, I will take it apart. Yes. And it never goes back together again. Sometimes. Sometimes it Sometimes does. I'm lucky. But yeah, okay. So you've got to pick the, the, you know, you kind of weigh up the cost of replacement versus the yeah, obviously, itself. Yeah. Um, and always better when it doesn't work in the first place. But from that, I mean, I've learned about electronics. I've learned about basic circuits and things. Yeah, okay, you do second-year electrical, which pretty much was... It allows you to wire a plug and change a light. Theoretically, it did. I, don't, I think that I actually ended up fundamentally learning myself later yes, anyway. Yes, it's true. So it's taking stuff apart, and a lot of that stuff you actually can find, if, if you're concerned, or, I mean, so especially certain things I'm taking apart, I actually I'll watch a quick YouTube video on how to take it apart first. Yes. Because, especially in this day and age, things aren't held together too much by screws and bolts anymore it's clips which are hidden behind some kind of uh, warranty stickers and stuff like that um so figure out where all that stuff is i don't completely break it i don't try to break it i want to see what's inside of it um and i've learned there sometimes where you just really shouldn't keep taking things apart and putting them back together over and over and over and over they're not designed for that which in itself is starting to give me ideas on how you, you know, lifespans of things and how you design them for that. Um, 
I mean, my one I keep going back to, and I, I don't know if it's like an interest point or whatever you'd call it, but it's how older tech, if you look at someone that's got an older fridge, an older mm. microwave, a older oven, and someone that's bought a new one, and how much the one is reporting issues now, how much the other one is, or the lifespan thereof. It's yep. been a year, now it's dead. This one, well, it's been 20 years, and the motor's sounding a bit rough, um, but don't worry, I just fixed the that's, one bearing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, the other thing which I, I try not to do too much um, with you know, videos on, on YouTube, etc., yeah. is you, you can obviously watch the, ooh, here's a Pulse Jet engine that's attached to a go-kart, um, and I'm gonna explain the physics behind it. Yeah. There are those videos, I don't test those, I can't no, no, stand no, no, them. No, no, exactly. Then you get the guys where it's like, we've built this thing, uh, we found the plans on the internet and then this is how we figured out how to make it run and then where this bit melts and then what we did to fix it. Those are the kind of things I like oh, because yeah, no. your brain needs to be, oh geez, that joint over there, see how hot it is, that, that's going to fail and then three seconds later, bang, that's where it blows. And then this, you know, they, they try and make fun of trying to explain, well, we didn't know it was going to blow there but look what happened, look how we fixed it. Those are pretty good um, yeah. because you you can stop the thing and then try and come up with three reasons why it may have failed and then watch to see the actual answer. And then the other one is what I call sort of parallel track clips. Mm. So a, a, a classic one which I give the third year arrows are what are called the walk around videos. So it's somebody at a museum or at an Air Force base and they walk around an F-16 or an F-22 and it'll be a pilot or a mechanic and he'll explain things. Yeah. I generally watch those with a thing on mute. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. I'm interested in the background, but you pick up interesting things. Mm. So for example, the guy can be walking around and say behind this panel is uh, the gun control system. Ah, I'll now go and find a cutaway drawing of that airplane and have a look because, ooh, where did they put the gun control in the two-seater? Because the second seat is right there where that yeah. is. Try and find a cutaway of that to work out Ah, the two-seater doesn't have a gun. Right, so gun control and where the fuselage is being stretched, etc. All of that stuff is equal to the mass of an extra pilot. Now I know how heavy the gun control system is just like that from something that a guy inadvertently said on a clip. That's what I watch those videos for. Yeah, yeah. So that video might be a 30-minute thing on YouTube, but I could literally spend two days unpacking what is said in it to find all kinds of interesting fluff. Now... I, I, I take some of that and give it back to the thirds in class with interesting yeah. things to talk yeah. about and how, you know, if you add a gun to an airplane, by the time you iterated the design around, you need twice the thrust, twice the fuel and leave everything else the same. That's how design ends up working. Yeah. Um, but you only do that by, by figuring it out. And the students are going to learn that they have to start doing exactly the same thing. So the projects in semester one, they literally require every single third year student to spend five hours per week on design. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that that has to be spent typing your report. God In fact, no. we're saying that you mustn't spend five hours no. per week writing your report. Uh, you might need to spend 15 hours in the last two weeks writing your report and that's yeah. all. But the rest of it, design, when you do the maths, what you guys call the analysis is actually the quick bit. Yeah. 
um, you set up your little model, and we'll be explaining what models are probably in week two or week three. Yeah. But that's this cascading set of equations that if your mass changes, the center of mass moves, you need a bigger tail, that mass goes up, drag goes up, you need more thrust, you need more feel, and you get the same range. That's not a big deal. No. And it's called iteration. Don't be scared of it. Yeah. In fact, every single day of our lives, every minute is an iteration. Yeah. We'll do things a bit differently to how we did them 10 minutes ago or yesterday. So we do it naturally. It's, it's a natural thing. Exactly. Um, some people might even go so far as to call it evolution of things. Yeah. Um, repeating the same thing over and over with slight, slight improvements. Variations, yeah. And those are the sorts of skills that you need to be doing in third year. And, and your input can come from anything. You know, so it's actually a waste of time to sit and watch the procession that is called Formula Earn on TV. It's very good to watch the starting thing where they've got like really good close-up footage of the car features. Yeah, yeah. It's very good to watch um, the, the pit stop stuff and accident footage. But the actual procession of it, you really don't learn anything from doing that. Not to say you can't watch it, but what we're trying to say is that you need to start developing if you haven't developed and if you have further developed them, your skills on getting information, on breaking down a system and, and understanding it. Now, you're not always going to get the design you like. You're not always going to get the system that you want to work on. But that is not your practice. The time during the design project is not your practice of this stuff. So maybe during the touch, there, you can consider that a bit of practice. Though, to be honest, that's kind of intermediary between practice and get it right for the project. Find your own interests. You don't have interest that that's probably some kind of indication that you are not interested in design and engineering and maybe not the degree for you. But invariably, everyone has this kind of interest. Are you interested in submarines? Are you interested in small-scale electronics? Are you interested in astrophysics? Find information on that. Keep trying to get that information because what that's teaching you is how to get it. And, and yeah, and, and you don't have to be an, an individualist with this. No. In your in your group, uh, you know, if if we just stay with Formula One, mm. each person might be a fan of a different team. Yeah. In which case you can focus on the tech that that team uses and you can compare notes and, and that sort of thing. Why did or they have one this you, one front shape? Why that's right. Or one of you might literally be into wheels and brakes on that car on you know, super bikes on, on all sorts of things yeah. and you're a kind of wheel tires brakes because that's the coolest part. It's it's in fact that's where friction exists. Yeah. You know, the engine guys friction is the enemy type thing. Yeah. Um and you're gonna get suspension and chassis people. Um but the the main thing with, with the engineering is, you know, the driver or rider, they're the person that is iterating every moment of every mm. second of, of every lap of the race. That's the bit that isn't you know when you're a design engineer you've got no control over that yeah so don't be fixated on on that yeah. you know it's a bit like watching football for the the famous people on the team you know as opposed to <laughs> why the f would you watch football <laughs> <laughs> and we're not we're not really into sports here we you know the the tech behind it if there is and yes. it's visible um and yeah i mean it sounds nerdy i, I guess and some people try to fight that but Certainly I know, okay, I mean, I, was, I may be more, but more on the nerd side than others, but in my undergrad time, the one friend I studied with, because of we would discuss this aircraft versus this aircraft. Yes. And we compete against trying to convince the other person why one is better than the other. And that's true, because then you have to dig up the maths and you have to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. And in so doing, we learned how to prove 
and sort of break down and substantiate our decisions in design. That's true. And, and if you're trying to unpack a problem or design something better, you, you literally have to troubleshoot, well, I'm trying to replace this thing. And if I can't figure out why, why that thing's bad or why it doesn't work so well, then I don't, you know, there's, there's no point uh, going forward with the design. Yeah. And at the same time, maybe as a bit of a final note here, just because it worked for us doesn't mean you have to do exactly this. You don't have to now go to YouTube. You don't have to go to every museum you can find. Find what works for you, but the general idea is keep learning. Keep expanding and sort of exercising those skills for engineering design. You should have some idea now as to what those skills need to be or what those skills are. Develop them. You're choosing this as your career for life. It's not a hobby. It shouldn't be. It's a weird hobby to choose. Mm. So get behind it and go with it. Yeah, and, and there's no wrong way to, no. to uh, improve your knowledge, really, isn't it? No. All right, I think that's a good finish off for this week. Uh, we'll catch you guys then next week. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers.